Resentment is your indicator that you've done too much. You are no longer in alignment with what feels good for you. There is a lack of boundaries that is now going to affect your relationship with this person. Welcome to Codependency Alchemy, the podcast, where we explore the power of healing the mother wound by exploring codependency in our relationships. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey babes, welcome to Codependency Alchemy, the podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa, and today we are going to be talking about resentment. If you're new here, I really created this podcast and this space so that we can talk about conversations that I was really needing in some of my darkest moments. I talk about the conversations that I really needed to hear about the topics that I really needed to hear about because I didn't even realize how much I was participating in dysfunctional relationship dynamics until I started really, really going through this deep transformational healing around my codependency in my life and my relationships, both in my family and in my romantic partners and quite honestly, even friendships. So I felt like if I really needed these conversations, if it would have really supported me during some of my, you know, darkest moments that hopefully it provides some salve for you, some light for you, some access points for you to explore in your life. I think that codependency really gets pushed under the rug so often and that the way that we have related to codependency, you know, in society has been very, very limited. And so something really close to my heart is to bring these conversations forth, to bring these ideas forth, to get us thinking about codependency in a different way so that we can reclaim our sovereignty and so that we can experience more loving reciprocal relationships with ourselves, with our family, and with our friends, just anyone that we have relationships with. And honestly, the world, the plants, the land beneath your feet. And if you've been here for a while, I want to say thank you. Thank you for helping Codependency Alchemy grow so freaking quickly. We hit 25,000 downloads this month and we haven't even been going for a year. And for me as a small creator and just doing all of this stuff on my own and the back end, like the filming, the editing, the posting, it just means so much to me to feel like I have a community of people who are like downloading every episode, subscribing, sharing episodes with friends or people who they think will benefit from this work. The way that you guys let me into your worlds and share with me how certain episodes have landed for you or supported you. Last month, I got to hear about how this podcast has supported a marriage, a 20-year marriage and getting into a more sovereign place. That is why I do this. That is so why I fucking do this because if you don't know a different way to relate, if there's not this exposure to, you know, this is how we've done it for a long time, yes, but there's this other way. Sometimes just being shown the other way can help us, one, we don't have to adopt it and take it on as like truth or fact and like that's the only way, but it can begin to open the floodgates of like, okay, well, Obviously, how I've been relating isn't working. It's not working because I feel resentful. It's not working because I feel exhausted. It's not working because I feel like I'm losing myself. Those are so valid. And just because 
that's how it's been done for generations and generations and generations doesn't mean that it has to continue moving forward. Where there is dysfunction, where there is toxicity, where there is unhealthy ways of relating, we have a responsibility in our lives, our personal lives, to be the, the cycle breakers. To say, yes, that may have been how it's been done in the past, and I trust and honor that that was needed at that time. I truly believe that the reason why, you know, our our parents and their parents and their parents, you know, stay silenced or stayed looping in these types of dynamics that we talk about here on the podcast is because there wasn't a, a certain level of safety built into their lives for them to be able to speak their truth for them to be able to make changes, for them to shift the way that they relate. Because I have cultivated enough safety in my life, because I have a roof over my head, because I have a job that I love, because I have friends and community that support me, I have enough safety to say, where can I go and look and see what isn't actually aligned, speak my truth to it, and change it, not only for me, but for everyone who then becomes a part of my world. So when I was tapping into what wanted to be shared in this episode, resentment came up and resentment and I have had a lot, sorry, Frank's moving around. (laughs) Resentment has been such a beautiful teacher for me in showing me about where I need boundaries, where I override my boundaries, where I'm not speaking authentically. And so I want to start with a poem I actually wrote in Healing the Mother Wound with Mother Earth, and then we'll dive into some conversation around it. Resentment. Resentment is our body's way of telling us that we've done too much. It's our body's way of showing us where we are out of alignment. You may be doing something for someone else to avoid conflict, or maybe you're making dinner and cleaning for the hundredth time this week and you haven't asked for support or help because you want them to want to help. My love, ask for what you need. So I wanted to start with that poem because at the end I say, ask for what you need, right? And I think that most of us who experience codependency don't actually have a relationship with what it is that we need. So that line, that clarity gets, is so blurred. Like there's a lack of clarity there because we haven't been able to ask ourselves what it is that we need. We don't have a clear picture of what that is. So if that sounds familiar, if you can relate to that feeling of, I'm not even sure what it is that I need, then resentment is honestly your best friend. Because it's going to show you exactly what it is that you need. So it was back in 2016 when I was living in Arizona. I was finishing my master's program where resentment really showed up as my teacher. And what was kind of happening and going on at that time was, I mean, I was finishing my master's program. So there was just a lot of studying, a lot of work, a lot that I was pouring into this training program that I was in. For those of you who don't know, I used to be a primary Montessori guide. So I got my AMI certification in 2016. And honestly, there was a lot of coursework. There was a lot of write-ups and there's, I mean, you can imagine 
a master's program, right? I had made some amazing friends in that group and we would support one another. You know, sometimes we miss classes and someone would share their write-up and it was just a beautiful like symbiotic relationship of giving, receiving, and supporting one another. But there was one particular person who at one point I had started feeling like I was always sending my stuff to her over and over and over again. And the first time it was like, of course, yeah, like, duh, would love to send it to you. There was no resentment. There was no like, why are you asking me for this? It was very much so like me giving from my overflow. I didn't have an attachment to it or anything, but it was over time. And, you know, I don't know how many times it had been, but there was a certain point where I had sent it to her and I had this ping of resentment. And that ping really sucked because I love this person. This person was one of my closest friends at the time. I wanted to help her. I wanted to support her. You know, she had helped and supported me so much too. So it was uncomfortable to get this ping of like not wanting to send it to her and feeling a little bit upset or angry that I had to. Resentful, right? And at this time, I had been really going through it on my own spiritual journey. I had done a lot of reflecting in this master's program. It's, you know, it's work with children, it's child development, and I had a lot of trauma in my childhood. So there was a lot of healing that I was doing and a lot of grieving that was going on because of what I learned about the profound years before, you know, the age of six. And this is a whole tangent, but there was just, there was a lot of depth to my life at that time. So it was a time where I was really reflecting and asking a lot of questions to myself. So when that ping of like anger, resentment, frustration came in, instead of overriding it and brushing it off like I had basically my entire life, you know, just taking it on and being like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, we're broken records. People who have codependency, like, it's fine. I'll just do it. I'll do it. I'll do it myself. I'll take one for the team. I'll put on a smile and grit my teeth. But I didn't want to live that way. And I also didn't want my relationship with her to change because I love her so much. And so I asked myself, what is this resentment showing me? And exactly what I read in that poem, it told me, resentment is your indicator that you've done too much. You are no longer in alignment with what feels good for you. There is a lack of boundaries that is now going to affect your relationship with this person. And so I was like, okay, well, I've done too much. So that means I need to set a boundary. And I had not had very much boundary work, you know, at that time in my life or in my relationship. So I was like, set a boundary. What the fuck is that? What does that look like? What does that feel like? Like immense fear started to like boil up in my body because what I was sensing, what I was getting was you're going to have to tell this person that you don't feel comfortable sending them your assignment anymore. And I was like, nope, (laughs) can't do that. I can't fucking do that. There's no way. But then what's the alternative? Because I want you to think about how you show up in relationships with people who you hold resentments towards. When I'm resentful towards another person, the way I show up is armored. The way I show up is closed. The way I I show up is, is short 
and cold. And so I had to really ask myself, do I want to show up hardened and cold? Not only to this person, but just like generally that's going to happen kind of be the energy that I'm in? Or do I want to show up open-hearted? Do I want to show up vulnerable? Do I want to show up in love and grace? Another important question is, how important is this relationship to me? You know, if it's someone who I'm never going to see again, okay, I'll hold resentment. I'll see where I overrode my boundaries. I didn't ask for what I need or I overgave and I'll take note and I'll change it in the next one, the next time that scenario maybe comes up. But in this friendship, I, I valued, I valued this friendship. I didn't want to show up into this relationship hardened. I wanted to grow and evolve in this friendship with this person. And so it meant I had to have a very real, honest conversation with that person. And I think this conversation with this person was the first time I knew that speaking my truth was actually going to allow in more connection, that it was going to allow in more intimacy, and that it was actually what was best for me and this other person. Because every other time I had spoken my truth, you know, whether it was the abuse that I was experiencing in my childhood or the trauma, I didn't know that speaking my truth was the right thing. I was terrified that it was the wrong thing. And what was reflected back to me at the time when I was younger, when I was a child and I spoke up, was that I was silenced even more. I was not seen or heard in my experience. It made things worse. And so the story I had kind of told myself my whole life is like speaking my truth equals like bad, like do not do it. It's worse for everyone. People just end up mad at you and you end up more alone anyway. So just zip it. So coming to this conversation as an adult with that mindset of don't speak your truth, it's bad, bad things happen, you know, it was a moment where I got to change that for myself. Did I have this conversation with this person and did it end well? No, honestly, it didn't, you know, bad quote unquote bad things happened. It changed our dynamic. It changed our relationship. I put a boundary. And so obviously it's something for somebody else to push up against and they either take that boundary and we get to grow together or they push up against that boundary and they have their own reaction or their own response to it. What I've noticed with people who experience codependency is when there's a boundary placed for somebody else to push up against, usually the go-to response is to withdraw your love. It's to go into the silent treatment. It's to pull away in hopes that pulling away will bring that person closer. And I say that from my own experience. You know, whenever Justin used to put up boundaries, I'm not even going to say used to because I still do this shit actually from time to time. I try to catch myself, but I'm not perfect. You know, when he gives me a boundary to push up against, I would always just pull back. I would withdraw. I would silent treatment him. I would just run so far the other fucking way because I wanted him to change his boundary. I wanted him to feel bad. I wanted him him to feel guilty. I mean, I didn't know I was consciously doing that. You know, I wasn't like, I want him to feel bad and change his mind. But I did want him to change his mind. Like, I did want him to change that boundary. And so I did 
what I thought. I did the only thing I knew how to do, which was flail and run and sight like and go into silent treatment. And that's what this person did too. This person withdrew, which sucked because that friendship was so important to me and meant a lot to me. But I also knew that I had to do that, that in order for us to have a relationship that felt reciprocal and loving, like I needed to be honest and share my truth about what was going on for me. And even though this person withdrew and it changed our dynamic for a little bit, I will say that she ended up coming back. We ended up getting to have a conversation about that, you know, time of withdrawal. And she was then able to share what came up for her. And in that conversation, like that's what, that's where fucking magic happens. That's where you flip old ways of relating on its head and say like, I'm going to do this really hard fucking thing because I believe and trust in our resilience to move through it and come out on the other end. Like, more fucking aware, conscious, in love, in bliss, in in reciprocity. And because of that conversation that we got to have when she kind of like came back after her time withdrawing, I would I wouldn't take it back for the world. Because I learned so much about myself in that experience. She learned so much about herself in that experience. And then what gets to happen, we get to grow. We get to see ourselves in a new light. We get to have an awareness about a dynamic that we've been participating in and say like, yeah, I take ownership over this and this is how I want to proceed moving forward. And so I hope we can begin to work with resentment as our teacher, that we can use the moments, the people, the places that we're feeling resentful in or with as a tool for us to say, okay, where am I overgiving here? Where am I actually out of alignment here? Where am I saying yes when I really want to say no? Where am I silencing myself? Why am I not speaking my truth out of fear of abandonment or rejection? And can I create enough safety in my life? Can I create enough safety in my body, really, to move past those fears and speak my truth so that not only can I grow, but this connection, this relationship can also grow? Another quick example that happened with resentment in my life was around the holidays, like Justin and I around Christmas time, we were just so on edge because we were just the buying of Christmas presents and like the stress of going to different houses. And we were feeling extremely resentful around going home for the holidays. You know, we moved a little bit farther away from our families. So there's a a pass that we have to go over. And during the winter, it's just sketch. And we're like, okay, If we're feeling resentful being around the people who we love the fucking most, then is this actually how we want to celebrate the holidays? Because when we show up to Christmas at either one of our family's houses and we're feeling resentful about the whole process of the white elephant and then the driving and the like, 
then we're showing up, like I said earlier, hardened. We're not showing up open-hearted. We're showing up in this energy that's like not serving the whole. It's not serving us. It's not serving them. It's not serving the, the whole fucking point of the holidays. So we had to ask ourselves, what part about the holidays do we love? What part do we not love? And can we speak our truth and hold boundaries so that we aren't feeling resentful? Can we allow our the, the ones who love us the most, you know, our parents, our families, to see us vulnerably in what's true for us and not make it mean that their traditions are bad and not make it mean that their traditions are wrong, but that they just don't feel good for us anymore. And so we're not going to participate you know, and these are the reasons why. And these are the things that we love about the holiday. And this is how we're going to continue to, you know, meet that. Was it hard to tell our families that we were not going to participate in freaking Christmas anymore? Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine like being told like, hey, don't buy us presents anymore because we don't celebrate Christmas. Like even when we tell people today, people are like, how did you get away with that? It's like we're, we are responsible for our life. We're responsible for how we feel. We're responsible for our relationships. And so if I want to have a relationship with my family that is open-hearted and loving and vulnerable, that means I have to be honest when things don't feel right for me anymore too. Even if that you know, makes them upset. Like they get to have their feelings about it. I get it. Like you get to be upset that I'm not showing up at Christmas. And I honor that. And I don't think that that's wrong that you're upset about that. And I can hold space for that because I have created enough safety in my body. And because I trust in the resilience of our relationship that we will find something new that feels really, really fucking good for everyone. And that's the gift of using resentment as your tool. That's the gift of creating enough safety in your body to speak these truths to those that you love and build deeper connections, build deeper trust, build deeper resilience in the relationships with others. So my invitation for you this week is to notice where resentment shows up in your life. Can you even take a moment to write down and leave in the question, like the Q&A at the bottom, if you're listening on Spotify, or if you're on our Substack, leave it in the comments. What does resentment feel like in your body? What does resentment feel like? What does resentment look like? And where does it live in your body? This will be really, really helpful for you to be able to pinpoint when resentment comes up is like first identify that somatic experience of resentment so that when you're, you know, living your life, (laughs) when that somatic experience comes in and you start feeling that what you identified resentment to feel like, you can be like, okay, here's the experience. Here's where I'm experiencing resentment. Can I now go and reflect on at what moment did I become resentful? Where am I potentially giving from an empty cup? Where am I potentially overgiving or self-sacrificing? And what does a bound what would a boundary look and feel like in this scenario? 
you know, the conversation doesn't have to happen right then in the moment that you feel resentment. It can happen after. In fact, it's probably best if it happens after, especially if your nervous system isn't regulated before the conversation. Because if you're in that heightened state of resentment and you're trying to have that conversation from a potentially activated place, the conversation is going to look and feel different with you and the other person than when you really sit and identify and uncover what's really going on there for you and then coming to the conversation with that person with clarity of this is what I was experiencing, this is what I was feeling, this is what I'm noticing, where I overgave or self-sacrificed and this is the boundary that I need to put in place and I'm open to hearing your feelings and thoughts on that. The I'm open to hearing your feelings and thoughts on that opens the door for reciprocity. It's saying that I also am aware that you have an experience on your end and I want to see and witness and hear you in that. So for example with my friend I shared with her you know I felt really good about sending you assignments. I didn't think anything of it, but this week when you asked, I noticed that I started feeling resentful. And for me, that felt like a heaviness in my chest. It felt like a burden on my shoulders that I was carrying like a boulder of rocks and a boulder of rocks, (laughs) a boulder, a boulder on my shoulders. (laughs) Let's just call it that. Oh gosh. And the boundary that I need to put here is, you know, not sending assignments for, especially for classes that you haven't missed. Like that felt really a good and aligned for me at the time. And that was my truth, right? I shared what was going on for me. I shared what I noticed. I shared how I was, you know, physically experiencing that. And I shared how I was going to go moving forward. And so I hope that framework can help support you if you are trying to break down a conversation or you're needing to have a conversation like that. If this episode was supportive for you, I would love if you shared it with friends, family, anyone who you think would benefit from this conversation. If you could share it on your, you know, Instagram stories, make sure you tag me so I can repost them and reshare them. That really helps get this podcast out to more people who, you know, aren't in my world yet. And I would love to connect with you guys on what your takeaways were from this episode. And we can have those conversations on Substack. Last week, I posted a private podcast episode on our Substack. If that is something that you're wanting to look into, it was a guided meditation and journey for healing and alchemizing our inner people pleaser. It was a good one. So if you're wanting to get more like bonus content, more depth in the content, definitely check out Substack. I'll leave the link to join below where you can access that meditation. And yeah, I hope you all have a beautiful day and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining me on Codependency Alchemy. I hope this podcast continues to offer you valuable insights and tools for breaking free from destructive patterns and creating healthy, fulfilling connections with others. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would love it if you would consider leaving an honest rating and review so that others can discover these valuable insights and tools as well. Find out how codependency might be impacting your life by taking the self-assessment which you can find in the show notes below. 
Thanks again for tuning in. And remember, you are worthy of healthy, fulfilling relationships, and you have the power to transform your codependency into sovereignty.